just quickly, I just want to um, just give you a, a quick health update on my side. I think it might probably be helpful. Um, so three weeks ago, I've got to go every two months now for, um, for a blood tests. So three weeks ago, I went and um, all my levels aren't where they should be, um, but my white blood cells were slightly up, but all the other levels were slightly down, but minimal. Um, I'm still feeling fine. I'm still functioning um, normally. Um, so just from my side, just thanks for your prayers. Thanks for uh, praying for me. Uh, I feel no different to three months ago. Um, but yeah, God is faithful, so thank you for praying. Good. Preach this morning is just fathering the next generation. And uh, I, uh, I didn't read this. I actually saw it on, I think it was on YouTube, and it was a great statement by a rabbi. And the rabbi said this, hugely thought-provoking. Spoil your children and you will raise your grandchildren. Raise your children and you will spoil your grandchildren. And an interesting statement, you know, as I've thought about that and, and, and thought about people that are involved in my life, there's quite a bit of truth in that. <laughs> Not in everybody, eh? But there is. And... Um, in Malachi 4 verse 6 it says this, His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise I will come and strike the land with a curse. Those are the closing words in the Old Testament. That's what the Old Testament closes with. And then there's 400 years of silence. And then in Luke 1 that same portion of scripture is shared again. That Father God will change the hearts of the children back to their parents and the children back to their parents. And don't you think that the last statement of the Old Testament and one of the first statements of the New Testament, we need to put a bit of weight on that. And um, often as fathers, we think that we've missed it and we've messed it up on how we fathered our children. But I want to emphasize this. It's never too late to give up. If you've messed up as a father and you've missed the boat, God is a God of reconciliation and he will bring things back. But there's one thing that we have to do as fathers. We have to submit and yield ourselves to him so that he can do the work of reconciliation because first he has to do a work of reconciliation with you and him first. Because what happens here is going to have effect over here. And if you're struggling with your relationship with your, with your children, you could actually be struggling with your relationship with your Heavenly Father. And vice versa. God is a God of reconciliation. He wants us to be reconciled to our children. And He wants you as children to be reconciled to your Father. You see, when we've messed up as fathers, it's God's goodness that leads us to repentance. Father God wants you to be a great dad. He has ordained, he has commissioned you to be a great father. He's mandated you to be a great father. So how do we become great fathers? As some of you know, we have three children. 
Our oldest is Carl. Our second is Jess, who's here from Kuwait. She's been teaching in Kuwait, and uh, she's with us now for the next two and a half, three months. Uh, summer holidays. Wouldn't you like to teach in Kuwait? <laughs> Strongest currency in the world, 64 to 1. <laughs> and then our youngest son, Jared. And um, it's been interesting, you know, one of the things that I've always said to myself is, I want to make sure that my two boys, Jared and Carl, will become a better father than what I am. That's been my aim. And it's been interesting to see, eh? Carl has three children, and Jared has one now, he turns one next week, Alex. And it's just been interesting to see how they've developed as fathers, and they've blown me away. I can't believe how Carl interacts with his three children and what he does with them. It's just, it's just, just I, I wish I could have done that. And just uh, Jared, uh, uh, he's, he's just at another level. I think, I think Julia's lucky he's got Jared as a husband. <laughs> he's, just, he, he's just so involved. And it's just been such a blessing to see that as fathers, you need to be praying this. Father, I want my children to be better than what I did. So how did this happen? Your children are watching. Trust me, my daughter's hearing me preach this morning, eh? And I'm going to get her up afterwards and share. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but they're watching. They watch your speech, they watch your actions, they watch your interaction with their siblings, they watch the interaction with their mom and how you treat her and how you deal with her. And, and, and that actually sets the platform on how they're going to father or how they're going to be mothers. Your private life and your public life have to be like this. Because they're watching you in public and they're also watching you in private. And that's where we get caught out, is that we are living two separate lives publicly and privately and your children see right through that. I need to be bringing myself to the Father so that my Father in heaven can work on my character. Because it's my character that's going to develop and bring my children into the inheritance that God has for them. Because God's more interested in my character than my comfort. And God's more interested in my children's character than their comfort. But I set the tone in my family as a father. And as God deals with my character, it's through my character that God deals with my children and develops their character. I can guarantee you, if you're a man of weak character, your children more than likely will end up having a weak character. Because you're their father. Bring yourself to the father and ask him as a dad, what are the areas in my life that need to be worked on in relationship to that Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23 scripture? Patience, kindness, gentleness, love. I want to say this. If you want to become a better dad, or if you want to prepare yourself for fatherhood, 
take that scripture and spend three weeks in that scripture asking God to just point out certain areas in your life that you know God needs to work on those areas. And I can tell you now, within three or four weeks, as you meditate and deal on those scriptures, eh, something will start happening in your life, and God will get hold of those areas, and you'll walk in the blessing that God has for you. I'll share a little bit later on how those things work out in our lives. I was... um, dealing with a a couple a number of years ago within this local church, and they really had a difficult daughter. It's not you, Terry. (laughs) It was someone else. (laughs) And and I said this to them. eh? Funny enough, she was an adopted daughter as well, so I think it made it even more difficult. But I said this to them. eh? I said, you have to understand this, eh? that God has given you this girl... Because God knows you're the best parents for this girl. You're the best parents. There's no one better than you as a father to be a father to the children that God has given you. And that for me just gives me great hope, encourages me and envisions me eh, for what God has called me to as a dad. Another key point how I brought my children up, and I've actually never shared this. I'm going to boast a bit. Eh? Can I boast as a dad? <laughs> I think most of you know this. Hey? I did not have a great education. Okay? I did a matric, but it was equivalent to a standard eight. My parents weren't great into education. So life was a struggle when I got married. My wife said we had nothing. Eh? She was a nursing sister. I was an appy cabinet maker. We had nothing. Eh? She, my wife was actually earning more money than me. And, um, and, and I said this, eh, between the two of us, I, I said this, eh, I'm going to educate my children privately to what I can afford and a non-negotiable for my three children, don't forget I'm different to you, you've got different values, but for me, I knew how hard it was to start my career and to start my life. And I said this, all three of you will get an education privately to what I can afford. And we sacrificed, eh? And we put them through private education from grade naught to matric. And then I said, you will get a degree. It's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. You will get a degree. What you do with that degree afterwards is up to you. But me as a father, I, biblically, I have to educate you. God says, get knowledge. So all three of them went to university. My oldest son really struggled at school, but he ended up being a civil engineer. He's a consultant. He works in a consulting firm now. He's got his honors in in engineering now, and he wants to do his master's. My daughter's a special needs teacher. She did psychology, child psychology, and English, and um, did a two-year diploma in... um, Child psychology, I don't know, special needs. And she's now busy with her master's in education. Just makes it so much easier to get going. And my youngest son is an actuary. So he's going to support me. <laughs> but it, I, I've never shared that publicly, guys. And I'm not, I'm not boasting, but I'm saying this. The emphasis is this, eh? Get the best education you can afford. 
so that you can set your children up for victory. Now, some of your kids might be entrepreneurial. Set them up for that. I know, eh? All three of them have said this so often to me, eh? Thank you, thank you, thank you for making the sacrifice because they're living in the benefit of what we sacrificed. And for Lee and myself, it's been a joy and a delight to see them living in that. Okay. Hope that's not a heavy, eh? But it's something that we've lived with and for, and um, I'm trying to give you some handles, eh? Are you leading your children? Because they don't like to be led. <laughs> and, and, and the Holy Spirit will give you the skill and the knowledge and the wisdom on how to lead your children even though they don't know they've been led. My youngest son wanted to be a doctor all his life. Well, he actually wanted to be a pilot. And at 11, I said to him, okay, you still want to be a pilot? He said, yes, Dad, I want to be a pilot. I took him to Rand Airport through a connection that I had. This guy had a little pug. I don't know what a, you know what a pug is? It's like a canvas plane. It's canvas. Eh? And he went for a flip in the sky, and he, he took the, you know, anyway, he, he did his little thing. He landed, climbed out the plane, and he said, I don't want to be a pilot. <laughs> you have to lead them. You have to expose them to things that, that's going to lead them into the destiny and the purposes that God has for them. Eh? So he want, then he wanted to be a doctor. That's all he wanted to do after that, be a doctor. So we sent him to Tucky's. Six weeks after starting, he phoned me up and said, Dad, this is the last thing I want to do. So I said, now what do we do, eh? So we sent him to Cornerstone, Year of Your Life. We sent him to Wits. He got um, that psychometric test. And it came back, and, 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 and med medicine wasn't even on the first page. Actual science was number one. So he applied at Wits. He had a reasonable matric, but it wasn't great. Um, and what he did was, uh, just through leading him, uh, he went and spoke to the dean of actuarial science at Wits. The guy looked at his things. He says, you're not going to make it. He said to him, please, sir, this is what I want to do. He said, okay, we'll give you a chance. The rest is history. I made sure when he qualified that he goes back to the dean and thanks him. Because that's what education is about. Eh? Opening up opportunities so that the pupils that you're teaching can walk into what, they, what God has for them, eh? You have to lead them. At 18, 19, they have no clue how to be led by themselves. Is that true, Anna? <laughs> Don't look at your dad like that. <laughs> so as a dad looking back, what could I have done better? And let me give you a couple of things that I think. I mean, maybe Jess can come and tell me what I messed up. Eh? Trust me, I did mess up. But as a dad, eh, what can you do better? This is what I wrote. I wish I had read to them more. I think that's a special time when dads read to their children. I wish I'd done it more. I wish I'd been more affectionate. I'm 
English, Irish. Stief was a fearsome stock, ne? Wish I had listened more and said less. And just allowing them to express themselves more. I'm sure there's, I didn't give that too much thought, but, but, but I'm sure there are other things that I could have done better. You see, we as fathers are all products of how we were raised. Just think of that statement. How did your father raise you? I'm going to need another 10 minutes. Eh? How were you raised? Let me tell you about my dad. My dad was born in 1922, died at 89. He was born in Ireland. Ireland in 1922 was an extremely poor country. 1922, just coming out of the First World War. 1929, the Great Depression hit the world. You think we had a bad depression in 2008? 1929 was, was tough. That lasted five years. 1939, he landed up in the Second World War. Lost a lung, had all the trauma of whatever he went through, through that. What else did he go through? Eh? But, but, but when, when you look at your parents and you begin to understand what they went through, it begins to actually paint a picture of maybe how they were parented. And you see, what happens is, I take my cue from how my father raised me. So I've got this picture of parenting, of how my dad parented me, and hence I'm going to take that and parent my children. But here's the advantage that we as born-again Christians have this incredible privilege of men and women around us to help us parent our children. And we have the privilege of breaking things over our children that my father could not break over me. And for me, you know, for the first time when I gave that a bit of thought, I began to understand what my parents, my mom and my dad, what they experienced growing up. Tough. Tough. So there was grace and there was compassion for them. But God's so good because we serve an incredible heavenly father that fathers us and loves us to set our children up into victory. Ask yourself that question, how you were fathered. That will help you in dealing with some of the hurt, the pain, and disappointments that you experienced from your own father. Don't let the past and how you were brought up disqualify you becoming the best dad for your children. There's no doubt, and I've seen it in this local church, that fathers today are far more involved in their children's lives than ever before. They're far more engaged, far more connected, and from me, well done. You guys are doing a great job. Remember this, 
<laughs> Please remember this. It will help you. The older your children become, the bigger problems they will face. Because the consequences of those problems are much bigger. When your kids are small, it's actually easy. <laughs> the problems you're dealing with is, trust me, it's much easier. But when they get to 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, the problems become much bigger because the consequences of those issues are much bigger. What you invest in now when they're younger, you will live in the benefit of them when they're much older. Invest now while you've got the time. Here's another tip. Your children are only this age once. Once. You're only this age once. And then it's over. And we as parents always tend to say this, I wish they would grow up, I wish they would grow up. They will, much quicker than what you think. <laughs> Enjoy every season that they're in. Billy Graham said this, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. So dads, what do we need that the Holy Spirit has for each of us to become better fathers? Let me give you some more handles. In the Old Testament, children are mentioned 575 times. In the New Testament, they're only mentioned 153 times. Where's the weight of fathering? Here's my bugbear again. Are you in Psalms? Are you in Proverbs? And are you in... What's the one after Psalms? Proverbs? Um, Ecclesiastes. I can tell you now, guys... If you spend a bit of time in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, you're going to get some great handles on how to become a better father. Because what happens is, when we spend time in the Word, it gives Father God the opportunity to download the wisdom and the skills and the handles that we need to become better fathers. Because in those three books, much is spoken about raising children. And, 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 and as I've spent time in those three books, I know God has downloaded some incredible handles on how to raise children. So where does a child receive wisdom? Proverbs 13 verse 1, it says this, A wise child accepts a, person's dis a parent's discipline. You need wisdom to impart wisdom. Are we asking? The word tells us in the book of James, if we lack wisdom, we need to ask. Love your children unconditionally. Just listen, be patient, be gracious, and more than anything, be long-suffering. No. <laughs> Just think of this world. Just think of your world without your heavenly Father. Just think of your world without your earthly father. 
You know who my heroes are? My absolute heroes, number one on my list of heroes, is single moms with children and a full-time job. They're my heroes. So well done, eh? You heroes, eh? You are absolute heroes. I don't know how you do it. It's hard enough doing with the two of us. But how you do it on your own just blows me away. Well done. What do most children enjoy doing with their fathers? Playing soccer, buying them an expensive toy, <laughs> going on holiday? Believe it or not, say eh, the top list is this. Listening to stories of what they did when they were boys. Number two, learning to read. Number three, playing board games, playing cards. Number four, learning to ride a bicycle. Number five, visiting the, visiting the zoo. Number six, visiting his work. Number seven, building a treehouse. And number eight, camping. Building a treehouse. <laughs> I built my son a treehouse, Kyle. And when he was cross with us, he went up the muff tree. <laughs> And that's where he sat. <laughs> I remember about, it must be about 10 years ago, I really felt God had put this on my heart for the church, particularly for the single moms with boys. So what I did was I approached about 10 men in the church, and I said this, won't you for one, one, one Saturday a month? So we did from, from January to November, or from February, probably February. Won't you just take the single moms, their boys, and go and do something for a Saturday. And what I did was, the first one I did was, I took them camping to Henops. There were about four or five boys that we took. And I took our Warren with, and we went camping at Henops for one night. And the moms still come up to me now and say thank you, because that had such an impact on their lives. So we bribed, we made a fire, we did marshmallows, and we just chatted and then they stayed awake all night. <laughs> and then another dad took them boxing. Another dad took them fishing. Another dad took them temp and bowling. And, and, and just through that, and I said, just do what you would do with your own boys. Just expose them to that. And there was just incredible feedback from those moms for that season in their lives. Eh? So we as dads can make a huge difference to the moms that are single but have children in this church. Six minutes. I've got three preachers here, guys. Jesus says this, I only do what I see my father do. Yeah, we have a father and a son walking in complete unity and purpose. Jesus wanting to please his father, even death on a cross. So what could we as fathers do to project how Jesus and his heavenly father operated? First, good godly fathering creates trust. Jesus trusted his heavenly father to the point of laying his life down. 
Are we as fathers prepared to lay our lives down for our children? Is there a trust that we've developed eh, that when we speak over our children, when we speak to our children, our children can say this, I trust you. I trust that decision. You see, Jesus has given us access to the best father. It's even better than that. We have become his sons and his daughters. And Father God wants to father us like he fathered Jesus. A question that comes up over and over again is this, eh? Are we getting this area right in our lives that could limit us in reaching our full potential as fathers? So how do we do that? How do we reach the full potential that God has called me to as a father? We've got to push in to the father heart of God. To become a father like father God. As father God longs to spend time with you. You as a dad needs to spend time and quality time with your children. It's a place where our own hearts are exposed to the Father heart of God when we spend time with Father God. And when you spend quality time with your children, it's your heart is being exposed to your child's heart. And there's an incredible impartation that takes place in those moments because that's how God has designed it. As I spend time with my heavenly father, as he gets hold of my heart, as I spend time with my children, he gets, there's an impartation of my heart to my children's heart. I don't know how it happens, but it does. We as fathers have the privilege in Christ to bring up a generation that will go much further. For most of us, we haven't been trained as parents. And so bringing up our children tends to be something that's done rather haphazardly. <laughs> Even success seems to happen accidentally. But there are fathers in this local church that can point you in the right direction and lead you there. And then just... A word of caution here, traps that parents fall into. We can be critical in how we view our children. Was your father critical of you? You need to break that. You need to break it. Our expectations are high and we need to set, and we set the bar too high. Was your father like that? We often think like an adult when you're actually dealing with a child. You need to learn the skill and the wisdom to come down to their level. Our actions can so often project something quite different. Our words give a very different message. Be quick to apologize and say, I've messed up. Are we as dads creating a strong sense of family and values do your children enjoy coming home 
Is it a place of refuge? Is it a place of love? Is it a place that they know they loved unconditionally? You see, you build self-esteem on substance, not hot air. The most significant, important people in their lives are mom and dad who notice what their children does and what they accomplish and recognize that they are a joy and a delight to mom and dad. You see, so much focus is placed on on the child's self-esteem. Fathers play such an important role. A father that is engaged and involved in their children will raise children that are confident in who they are. But the best way to build self-esteem and self-worth is to teach them this, who they are in Christ. Let them pick up that mantle of this great truth, who they are in Christ, and nothing will stop them. Another tip, and I've shared this with many of you, show me your friends and I'll prophesy your future. Encourage your children when they choose friends with good character and good values. Teach them to influence their friends and not be influenced. And not be influenced. A great leadership tool that you teach your children is this. eh? Let them bear influence. Let them bear influence with their friends. That they set the standard. They set the values. And that through that eh, they become leaders. Because of the values and the character that you've placed in their lives. Teach them about righteous peer pressure. Not peer pressure. I raise my children with righteous peer pressure. And that's how they influence their peers. With righteous peer pressure. Encourage good thinking. Ask questions. Don't always give them the answers. Teach them skills that can impact them. I have two boys. One is a DIY boff and the other one is a computer boff. I can't teach him any computer skills. <laughs> I had the, and, and I look back and I think all three of my boys played cricket. Carl, Carl did reasonably well. Jared struggled a little bit. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But, 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 but Jess was always the tomboy of the family and she would always come and play cricket with us. And the amount of balls that I bowled to my three children, I can't tell you how many times I bowled there. Eh? But here's the incredible thing, eh? Jesse went on for a year, played first league cricket in, in, in ladies' cricket. I mean, just by playing cricket in the backyard and in the nets. But then what I did was I, I played a lot of squash, eh? And I took my three children, we played squash every Monday night. And hence, all three of them learned how to play squash. You've got to teach your kids skills. You've got to expose them to as much as you can, eh? And in what you expose them to, the character is being developed. Your character will have a direct influence on how you raise your children. Character is imparted and character is formed and developed by fathers that have allowed the Holy Spirit to form and fashion them with godly character. 
And then lastly, am I up? Oh dear. Gee. Okay, let me, let me, boy. I'll moan when we go over. Let me finish with this. eh? Look at your own character. It will help you with your own children. My children will challenge me when there's a gray area. They have a strong sense of what is right and wrong. Don't be scared to be held accountable by your own children. It shows maturity in them and you. And there's security in that. If you have an authority problem, you as a father, guess what? If you have a submission problem as a father, guess what? If you have a race problem, guess what? If you're not teachable, guess what? Do you have a problem managing your time? Guess what? If you have a problem managing your finances, guess what? If you have a problem with pride, guess what? Involve fathers impart a sense of value to their children. We as fathers set the tone, and your children will take the cue from their fathers. Are your children seeing you in the word and praying? Are your children seeing mom and dad praying together? It's never too late as fathers. Give the Holy Spirit access to your heart, for it's the heart where we become better fathers. Amen. I've got lots more, but I'm over. Good. My son is want to wish me a happy Father's Day. And he's in, he's in Greece at the moment, on the Greek islands. <laughs> Let me pray. Father, our heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, Father, Just pray, Father, over the men today. Touch them, Father God. Touch them. Align their hearts with your heart, Father. Minister to them, Lord. Be gracious to them as they make the adjustments to become better fathers to their children. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.